Over to you, mate. Hello, everybody. Uh, excuse me, Paul Alcohawk. And uh, again, this mostly the reflections of this members uh, on the steps and the way of life of recovery is rooted in the exact nature of the wrong. So everything else, the steps, there's no dispute with the principles and the steps and the service and the recovery and the unity. And there's no dispute about the exact nature of the wrong because it's in a way in the big book of AA, it's not very clear. It shows its expression, but it shows, it talks a lot about the expression of the exact nature of the wrong and its activity, but I don't believe, uh, well, I'm just going to put out my take on it. But my, the take on the exact nature of wrong is what influences the take on everything else in my experience with this. So I'll just go back to page 64. This, uh, I had the opportunity my first few years of recovery to uh, uh, lead uh, fourth step workshops <coughs> around the country and other places. And so I was at least... Uh, Reading wise, I was familiar with how it works, the chapter of how it works. But obviously, that's where the inventory and its uh, its take is presented. So on page 64, once again, the sentence that I'm uh, focusing on starts with being convinced, because basically that's the sort of the requirement for an understanding of a lot of the principles uh, that are offered in the big book. There's got to be a level of being convinced, or let's say a willingness to be convinced of these things that are explained after that. And in this sense, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. What, ha what, what was had defeated us, has defeated us, and will defeat us, really. Uh, so... <laughs> So it says, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So the sentence separates us from self, and that self in somehow or form called manifestations is defeating us in our own lives. And this was quite obvious to me, and then it's followed up with any life run on self-will, all this stuff is all circling around this dilemma of something that isn't me has defeated me. Seemingly as me. This is the trip to me. <laughs> to me. So I feel, and it happened very early on in recovery. I started to get hints because I remember I went to a, a lot of meetings like we usually do in the beginning. And I sat there and I felt very terminally unique. I was really encased in the cocoon of alcoholism, this sense of incredible specialness and separateness and uh, isolation, really, to the point where I really believed without any uh, investigation that the thoughts were mine, no one had the thoughts I had, no one had the feelings I had, and no one had done exactly what I did in response to those thoughts and feelings or as reactions to them. And I sat there and I listened 
to people to the best of my ability, and that ability grew as I sat there. And I heard sooner or later uh, people share their feelings, their thoughts, and what they did. And it was obvious uh, to me that I could only come to two conclusions. How did these, how did these people get my thoughts and my feelings and my behavioral patterns? And if they're, and how could they, for them to be mine, they would have to be singular and special and unique. But it seems like everyone in this room is thinking the same way, feels the same way in a sense, and has done the same basic shit that I did. So I came to the conclusion that they can't be my thoughts. I must be listening to the same radio station the other person listening to. And to me, it's the basic same radio station, but instead of K-D-O-N, K-Don, it's K-P-A-U-L. But it's the same station playing. <laughs> you know, adorned with a flagship name of Paul or David or Mike, but basically it's the same uh, thought system and the same react reactionary system and the same... Uh, Basically, we demonstrate very similar behavioral patterns while under the influence of this outside force. Yeah, that was helpful. See, it's hard to see that it's outside because it seems to appear inside. It resides in the mind, and uh, the problem really talks to us as us, in my feeling. And uh, <laughs> it was quite convincing. Now, if it was you talking in my head, I wouldn't have fucking followed it for a minute. But because it was me, the same talking, but framed as me, I was an avid uh, listener. So, so Bill W., knowing it or not knowing it, in my view, separated us from the problem that we are not a, the disease. Yet how this disease works is it talks to us as us. So I would say... The exact nature of the wrong is that whatever we're relying on, the thoughts, uh, the interpretation of life from self-centeredness, the memories, the perceptions, they're all in the act of being identified as self, you know, as an image, as an idea, to the point where when I came in, they said, hey, brother, you got to be willing to save your ass instead of your face. But at that particular time, I thought my face was my ass. So I was really living as an image that was reinforced by the mental state where the problem resides, without knowing it, obviously. So what happened was another statement in our community, I'm sure you have it over there, uh, self can't get out of self, uh, it's such a beautiful statement. The dilemma is when I first saw that statement, yeah, I said, all right, self can't get out of self, but Paul sure can get out of self. And Jim can get out of self, and Mary can get out of self. Or why is Jim, Mary, and Paul still trying to this day to get out of self? Well, obviously, if the statement was directed at us as Paul, Jim, Mary, self, there must be something we share, which is the dilemma of a recognition finally of self as something foreign, but that which is recognizing it as something foreign as us. So 
I would see the equation as, yes, yeah, self has defeated Paul. I didn't see Paul was an aspect of self, yeah? So once I started to get clued into that and I started looking uh, with suspicion with all those activities, I realized I'm not uh, <laughs> Paul, so to say, so to speak. I don't know what I am, but I started to learn what I'm not. And in that, I started to have some real freedom. More like, first it was more spaciousness in a way. So the thoughts that were always held as mine, especially big chunks of thoughts called alcoholic thoughts, that were orbiting around this object, mental object of Paul, sort of moved out, you know, like the, uh, the orbit of it moved out. And there was a feeling of bigness, you know, and I felt alive and... Uh, and to the extent that I started to sense a presence of something other than my mental state and all its polluting fucking attributes. So that feeling of that presence uh, really is the saving grace in my, in my experience. So I started to see that how do these thoughts have so much sway over me? And in a I would see that most of them, even noticing it or not, were preceded by the word my. So I was claiming to own all the third thoughts that were happening in my, let's well, not in my head, but that was being noticed. Yet when I own the thoughts, they seem to own me. Yeah, so my, your thought can't ruin my day, but my thought sure can. And it can be the exact thought you're having at the same time, but held as my thought, has the ability to ruin my day. And that just blew my mind. I said, what's going on here? So uh, from that point on, I've been sober now 30-something years, 32 years. And uh, I've entertained these ideas. And they've brought me, uh, not brought me, but they brought through me uh, a traveling lighter that's been pretty miraculous based on its ordinariness and complete reliability. Yeah, like, um, so the idea of my higher power over time uh, left the idea of my understanding of higher power to its own understanding of higher power, which is a much more revelatory situation. And uh, the idea of surrender was very sense felt because I had surrendered many times in life. I had to surrender uh, very begrudgingly 10 months in a hospital bed after I was run over twice by the same car in one night. Uh, I had a, I've surrendered to the authorities quite a lot. I have surrendered to uh, women. I've surrendered to drugs and alcohol. Yet, those surrenders, the surrenders of all those conditions, really uh, didn't bring the greatest results in a way. The best results were in the hospital, but I guess, I mean, it would have been unbearable not to come to terms with being laid up for so long, a day at a time. But when I came into AA, the idea of surrender was so ripe because I had just spent two years in a drug and alcohol program. I had graduated 10 months before I ended up in AA. And in those two years, 
those people at that program ran my life 24-7. And my life looked a lot better with them running it than ever did with me running it. And I came to the conclusion I could share, I could turn over my life to most of the people in these squares, not every one of you, but most of you, and you would do a better job with my life than I do. So I had a very uh, suspicious idea of my managerial quality. And uh, so I was really into the surrender work for me and immediately launched into the working steps. And uh, at first, my first inventory, I didn't see my role in things. So it didn't really produce much of a result. It made me feel better in a part of AA because I had finally done something. But I didn't get the, the first real, uh, real wave of recovery, which is seeing my role in things. And then I, I went to a Joe and Charlie seminar in Sacramento, California, by myself. I didn't know anyone there. It was about 600 people who were very excited about recovery. It was really quite contagious. And when they described the fourth step, it was two old guys in America. They're, all their information is on the Internet, I think, Joe and Charlie. Well, when they described the fourth step, I sort of got the fourth column. I saw my role in things to an extent that I had never had. It wasn't much, but it was enough to produce a sense of juice into the inventory. So I went back to my motel room and I did it inventory right there and then. And from then on, uh, uh, the understanding they offered really illuminated my program. And that's why I have a lot of respect and honor for understanding. And I really believe if we could understand just to a small level the exact nature of the wrong, the results of relief would be like 10 to 1 to the little effort we may have to put in. And uh, really, that's what, what I got out of that Joe and Charlie uh, presentation really brought new light to the program. And what we're attempting to do here is just to shed some light specifically on the diagnosis of the exact nature of the wrong. And then how all of that... Uh, how the disease is reinforced by what we rely on all day. The thought system, the narration, the perceptual uh, interpretation, memories, they all in a way have been, are, are being used to reinforce the bondage of self. Yeah, so that's where I feel the surrender is so paramount. We can surrender self because it's not us. Yeah, we can't abandon ourselves to God because we'd still be there. But we can abandon something other than us to God, and that's self. And uh, that's what I feel the whole program is in a way. It's perhaps a better way or a different way of questioning the abject faith and trust we have in finite self and allowing the program to change our position and move us from a failed system to something reliable, which is trusting something infinite, yeah? And basically, just like a rose bush, if a rose bush was in a small pot with no water, no light, and then outside the window in the house it was in, 
it would see all these other rose bushes blooming and getting huge and the poor rose bush has an extreme case of self-centeredness so it's blaming itself for not blooming any roses and it's fucking berating itself all day and it keeps getting smaller and smaller because it's just on itself all day if you could just move that because the rose bush can't move itself nor can we we cannot move ourselves from the failed system to the to the reliable system we need to be moved and that's the 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 role of the program of AA and the principles it's moving us from that failed system or we're we're moving the rose bush from that small pot with no water and no sun to a bigger pot with water and sun and that rose bush is going to bloom yeah it had nothing to do with the rose bush it had to do with the conditions the rose bush was living in and aa is going to change those conditions outside for some people the circumstances and situations but more importantly our what we're based on our position based on life where it's going to change us so sufficiently that it's going to change our exact it's going to change our attitude and outlook to life that's an incredible change and it's going to give us a new freedom and a new happiness so basically we're in that that movement of perhaps there's a better way and the program is moving us from the failed system to the trusting something infinite yeah now i feel it goes a lot lot clearer and cleaner if you can see the exact nature of the wrong because if you don't the exact nature of wrong is going to drag its feet every step of the fucking way <laughs> basically yeah it's just going to keep dragging its feet and you're going to call them your feet and you're going to stop every time it says this or that and act as if it's true and hopefully have to have some way of hey saying the serenity prayer somehow changing the momentum so you stay on the path it's so much easier if you just realize completely how fucked you are relying on this failed system and realizing how we're relying on the failed system we're identified as the failed system we're way past see i did a lot a lot of cocaine <clears throat> but not one time in all that usage did i think i was cocaine not once <clears throat> there was always me doing cocaine no matter how much i did <clears throat> in this in this addiction we start we we're taking ourselves to be the cocaine already yeah that's how severe this addiction is <clears throat> so you can now be going to you you're now on the road to recovery and yet you're traveling as the fucking parasite <clears throat> So, this is just, <clears throat> excuse me, this just, uh, just illuminated the whole thing for me. That's all I can say. Oh, well, well, why would I sit here in freaking Northern California talking to people in England, you know? <laughs> I mean, something, I see that there's no difference in the basic uh, position we've been living under. None. None. We all shared the subservient position from, the, from being placed under the tyranny of alcoholism. Yeah? We've all been in that position, and we know what it's like to live under that tyranny. 
Well, you know what? You'll really know what it, what it was like to live under that tyranny when you get relieved from the tyranny. Not from the aspects of the tyranny, but relieved from the tyranny, which is identification as the fucking problem. So, there you have it. Thank you. And uh, let's right. open the gates. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. So, um, yeah, everyone, just get your hands up in the participants column, or let uh, co-hosts know uh, if you want to. If you've got a question elsewhere, you can put it in chat. And we've got Kaiser's already on the ball, so mate, I'm unmuting you, and it's over to you. I think. Yeah, there you go. All right, I think I'm unmuted. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a sweet. Okay, so I, I can see a lot of a uh, the power of. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You can be muted at any moment. I'm sitting here with the. All right, gotcha. go. Ready for you. So my question, I understand like like the, the the twelve steps and the power of of the higher power and taking us through the process. The only the problem that I'm having trouble with is right in the beginning, um, and for the exact nature of the wrong. And I'm using the word selfing for that, and I am doing that and all the other jazz. That's uh, awesome. When I went into AA, um, there were nice chapters that, that, that showed me alcoholism and how that operated. And then I could see that, yes, that's talking about me. The thing that I'm missing here with the 12 steps is I don't see a chapter on selfing. I don't fully comprehend. I kind of comprehend selfing but not entirely. And it could be because I'm doing it and I'm part of the self and stuff. How important is it for me to see that I'm powerless over selfing in order to progress? Maybe it is, or maybe it isn't. You, you I think you got it when you said my thoughts, then all of a sudden I can see that, wow, that's powerful, but your thoughts, I could just let them go. It, it's, it's, it's kind of makes sense with that. But my question is, is if I was to do the first step for the selfing portion, how, how do I, how do I proceed? Um, the powerless over selfing, do I need to see that sufficiently? Cause you, you did say that once you are relieved from it, then you see the power, but right up here at the first step, it's like, I'm going to admit that I'm powerless over the nature of the wrong, or should I just use alcohol and proceed? Don't know. Just, just proceed with the AA thing. Yeah, just do it that way, because the thing is, what's really keen on getting out of self is self, yeah? Self, a.k.a. Kaiser. So, yeah, just take my word for that <laughs> right now, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> that which is, has never been in self isn't that jazzed up about getting out of self. <laughs> it just isn't. It has a different quality. It's not like, let's run to the finish line. It knows the race is rigged. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's already at the end because it's way in the beginning. Yes? So there's a, yeah. So what happens is uh, more is going to be revealed, bro. It is. I mean, why did you show up at these talks? There was a reason for it. I would say that power in you is maybe hopefully using these talks to bring you to another place. That's all. 
Yeah, the place isn't produced by these talks. It isn't produced by me. It isn't by, produced by you. But the higher power will use it to bring us somewhere. Yeah, that's how I see invitations. Yeah. I see invitations in my life constantly. And it's like life is just saying, all right, let's go. And you get comfortable and familiar wherever you are. Ah, no, not this time. But I've learned to follow those invitations. Yeah. <clears throat> and then they sometimes lead me not to, I don't get any invitations for quite a while. It's awesome. Yeah. And I did a lot of inventories in the beginning so that I don't have to do inventories now. <laughs> that wasn't the plan, but, uh, you know, you're going to outgrow the conditions that meant demand a life of vigilance and doing inventories all fucking day. You're going to outgrow it. You are. That's the point. Yeah, the greatest, I love having tools, but I love when I don't need to use them. Yeah, that's the greatest, that's the greatest aspect of having a tool is having, having also the possibility of putting it down. Yeah, and then everyone will go, but, 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 yeah, I'm tired of that fucking boogeyman. Yeah, if, if I'm off, something will tell me I'm off. Yeah, I don't need to, and I definitely know it ain't going to be the head, because what's off ain't going to tell me I'm off. That's no fucking way. So after time, you recognize, see, the, the costume, yes, the wardrobe of the selfing is finite. It can't put, it, you, you recognize it in about four or five of its costumes, you'll see it every one of its other costumes, yeah. He'll just recognize it. <laughs> That's all. That's all I can say. Have faith in the process. Yeah. Not have faith in you doing the process till it's dead, but have faith in the process. Yeah. Have faith in mind, big mind, not mental process, but in mind. Have faith. The faith is there. It's up for grabs. Yeah. That's what the program's doing. It's sort of, re it's moving the faith that we have in the finite self and bringing it to having faith in the infinite. And then your rose bush will bloom. And it, the whole event will be better for you and for others, yeah? That's what happens. This is a reclamation job, yeah? This is a recycling outfit, yeah? But the garbage has to, re the garbage has to be willing to be recycled, basically. Yeah. And then what you thought had no value, there'll be so many hidden gems that will be put to use. And you'll realize after about five of its stories as being bogus, you'll see all of its stories are bogus. Yeah, they're always bogus. It's always false evidence compounding false evidence. Yeah. The false evidence of you as self is the basis of all receiving of all other false evidence. Yeah. I mean, how is the false evidence going to, you know, comb the rest of the evidence to see what's false or true? Yeah? It's the system. It's not what's coming into the system. It's systemic, like they say with every other fucking problem in this world. It's all systemic. Yeah? It's the, pro it's the format. It's the programming. Yeah? Our behavior is based on the position where we are where we residing it says 
in the fear inventory, he says, hey, why are we in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? There's the failed position, reliance on self. That's it, yeah? Now, if everything is contingent or based on that, why become a master of all the everythings and not be the master of that? Yeah? If you see the exact nature of the false evidence is the one who's taking in the false evidence. <laughs> the idea of being Paul is the basis of false evidence. If you, if, if you see that, you'll have eyes to see a lot of other shit. Yeah? That's how it goes. Change the basis, change the foundation, and then the house can be built solidly. Yeah? Without that... And I'm saying, just as my own experience and observation, we're in the act of being identified. With that, that idea, that, that, that's where the alcoholism lands on. It lands on the idea of self and then amplifies it, yeah? Instead of having a stock version of just being obsessed with self, now you're extremely obsessed with self. Yeah? And in a way, it's great because that which would have gone unnoticed gets noticed. Yeah? And then you can come to some conclusions that a lot of people never even address, which is any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Very few people go there in normal, everyday living. Most of us had to get dragged there. There's no virtue in AA, it's fucking pragmatism. We didn't come here out of virtue. There was nothing else to do. So we be, begrudgingly finally admitted all the facts in our life. The fact of my life was any life run on self-will is not going to be successful. That was the fact. I was in denial of that fact for quite a while. And what it did, it promoted more defeat. <laughs> That's what happened. So now I'm in alignment with that fact. The fact was the same. Now I'm, I, I have fit myself around the circumstances instead of trying to fit them around me. Yeah? The circumstances is I'm powerless over alcohol and drugs and I'm not managerial quality. That's the way it goes. So surrender isn't something I, oh, I think I'll surrender maybe at the end of the summer, you know, and no, it's a necessity because it's a failed system I'm relying on. Yeah, I can't get out of it myself. I've got to call in like the, you know, the higher power to drop me a line so I can drag myself out of there. Yeah, it's the ship's going down. The funny thing is it's already sunk. We're underwater now. So perhaps there's a better way. Yes, there is. Exact nature of the wrong. Is it fear? No, it's self-reliance. Yeah? What level of self-reliance? What would be the highest form of reliance on self? Being identified as self. You can't be more relied on something than taking yourself to be it. I don't see how there's no... That's the highest form of reliance, yeah? So self-reliance has failed us. That's what provokes all the anxiety and all the fear that we run into all day. 
You want relief from fear? Get relief from self-reliance. Yeah. If you keep getting relief from fear, you're going to have to come become a master because you're going to keep projecting things to be fearful of. Yes? Yeah. I mean, really. It's like, all right, you know, you've learned how to clean up the shit from your yard so good that you get to use the yard for an hour or two. You want real fucking relief? Get rid of the dog. All right, yeah, that's it. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much. Cheers, Kaiser. Awesome. So, um, Bob C., how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm Bob. I'm an alcoholic. Amen. And I'm really glad to be sober today, like I am every day in my sobriety. Uh, my uh, sobriety dates February 2nd, uh, 1991. And uh, I guess my question, Paul, to you would be, uh, you know, this whole rocketed into the fourth dimension thing like they talk about in the big book. I feel like that, you know. And sometimes, like, guys at work, they'll say, hey, man, you high? I said, yeah, I'm high on life, man, you know. I'm really having I'm having a good day, you know. I'm grateful to be alive. And, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm sitting out here in my backyard right now and what you just said about the lawn and all that kind of stuff. I got – we got six and a half acres of land, and uh, I, I do primary most of the landscaping, and I enjoy it. I really do. I like it. But uh, rarely do I lay in the hammock and watch the robin eating the worm, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I, 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 for the first time in all my life, I felt like I'm home because, uh, I've moved around so much in my life. You know, uh, when I was a kid, I moved around when I was in the military, I moved around, you know, and, uh, I divorced. And then after that, I moved around a lot. Now I've been in the same place for like 13 years and it's like a, it's like a little safe haven here, man. It's just beautiful. You know, um, it's uh, absolutely beautiful. If you were to see it, you'd understand. Um, but I work hard on it. You know what I mean? I do. I mean, without the work, without the work, like you say, you know, if we don't move, move the rose bush, it's not going to grow. You know, if it doesn't have good soil, it's not going to grow. And just about everything around here, I've, I've, I've put it in good soil, you know, and it's all growing beautiful. My girlfriend, she loves it, too. We're together, you know. And, um, but what I want to talk about is like that whole thing about being rocketed into that fourth dimension where like, you know, the spiritual awakening, like my contact with my higher power is everywhere, man. You know, sometimes I wonder, I wonder like how, how it could have happened, you know, but it, like you were just saying, it's taken a long time. I mean, 29 years is a long time, you know, and I, and I've never worked the steps through the big book. I worked the steps through to 12 and 12. Um, at the time, my sponsor that I worked him with, he, he, it was, I was four years sober, and he was like 20 years sober. And uh, he's actually living with a bullet in his head. He shot himself when he was a young boy by accident, and they couldn't take the bullet out because it's still in his head. You know what I mean? If they take it out, he could die. But he was a remarkable human being, and I really admired him a lot. You know, and I know putting, putting my power, myself in the power of another human being, like any sponsor or anything, that's, that's, that's the, you know, finite, you know what I mean? It's, it's the infinite, it's the, it's God, it's the creator, you know, 
I'm on, I'm on the same page with you, you know, I mean, but you know, I, a while back you were talking about that, that we are the spiritual condition. Yes. You know, and that really hit me, man. That really hit me. It's like, I, I'm really understanding where you're coming from with that. You know, it's what we put into that spiritual condition, what we're going to feed it with, how we're going to, you know, water it, how we're going to make it grow. What are we going to do for ourselves to, 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 to improve our conscious contact with our higher power, you know? And I feel like I'm doing that. Um, but then again, some days, you know, it's like, I, 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 I just feel like I'm pulled. Like, to, to do, 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 do. So Sorry, how, do you, how do you quiet, how do you quiet that down? That's what I'm getting at. How do you quiet that down? Right. Thanks, man. I mean, because if you don't work, let me just finish, all right? This is important. Yeah. I'm trying to get to something here. If I don't work at things and create them, nothing's going to be created. You know, understand what I'm saying? If I don't plant the flower, it ain't going to happen. So how do you slow it down? Like, how do you, how do you balance that out, man? Instead of become like work, work, work to like enjoy, enjoy, enjoy to balance that time out. How do you, how do you do that? Well, you know, that's going to be like personal expressions really. So that way, uh, what's happened with me over time, I lean to not doing much myself. Yeah, I would, if there was a person, I would be a spiritual slacker in a way. And yet my observation is I've lost a, a lot of the attention and interest that amplified all that anxiety and that urge to have to do and stuff like that has gone down a lot. So yeah, the, the interest and attention is uh, really enriching my day now. Yeah. Yes. So basically uh, that which needed to be quieted is quieted. Yeah. And then there's not much I need to do after that. Yes. And then I just get the day just directs me, basically, because I'm an older dude now. We have a pandemic. I mean, there's no rush to go anywhere. So basically, I, uh, <laughs> I've been relieved from the bondage of self, which is the bondage to me of self is when you don't want to pay, be paying attention to the mental activity. You still are paying attention to the mental activity, yes? To me, that's the bondage of self. The bondage of self is an, ex, an, uh, an amplified interest and attention in the thoughts that are about me and my life and what I'm doing and this and that, yes? That's been sort of uh, dimmed down a lot. So if I needed, to, if, I, if I had an acting, if my head was very active, obviously I would speak with other people in the program Yes, I would do something to take myself out of that uh, condition. Yeah, the serenity prayer, whatever. There's tons of ways. And basically, uh, really, at, at, you know, at this time in sobriety, you don't really have to yell much to call the dogs off. You just whistle and the dogs come, yeah? You know what I mean? It's like, it's a habit now. Just like uh, I do some uh, 
Chinese exercises called Qi Kung, yes? I've been doing them for a long, long time, so as soon as I sit down, I get the sense that it used to take 45 minutes to arrive at. I just sit down, and I'm there because the mind remembers, yeah? From the habit. So the habit is very important in AA. And habits are actions without thought. So uh, I'm in the habit of staying surrendered, yes? I'm not in a... I'm not, up, I'm not like a, a review board to see if I've reached managerial quality. Yeah, that's all been put to rest 32 years ago. Never up for review or debate. Yes? And I have surrendered to the primary facts of my life a long time ago. I am powerless over alcohol and drugs. And that my managing is what causes my life to be unmanageable. Yeah? So... I haven't had to go back to, uh, you know, uh, touch-up classes or anything like that. I was in the state of being convinced so thoroughly it's lasted all these years, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, you know, everyone has f finds themselves in their own mental, emotional, physical conditions. And, you know, I believe the higher power is quite nimble on its feet and it will direct you what you need to do at that moment. I don't think there's a rote playbook. There's God rails, G-O-D rails, but uh, the maneuvers on the road are going to be unique, yeah? I don't think you can choreograph a dance routine to get out of things. You just uh, know how to, you, you know how to do it, so to speak, yeah? But the beautiful thing is when there's no need to get out of anything. That's what I really dig. Yeah, I do, really. I mean, uh, as an observation, I never get gypped. I'm here completely, you know. Yeah, sleeping, awake. Yeah, I feel like we're all awake. But some of us, it can seem like that's not true. And for some of us, it seems like it's true. But the fact is, we are spirit. I don't believe we have a spiritual condition, uh, you know, on a very low degree of all the other supremer conditions, like mental and physical and outside circumstances. I think the only condition is spiritual, to tell you the truth. And then yeah. there's appearances of other conditions that come and go, but the spirit never comes or goes. Yeah, so I think we're really inherently only one condition, tell you the truth so and that one condition allows you to outshine circumstances and situations it does not as Paul but in spite of Paul really yeah it's never as Paul it's usually in spite of Paul so yeah all right thanks Bob thanks Paul thanks Bob um, Dave our old mate Dave's back how you going mate cool thanks uh, Dave David, and uh, good to hear you again, Paul. So I've got an observation and a question, right? So when, like, it's when you were talking really about, you know, the voice in your head and, and, and believing that is, is you, you know. So, I, so like when I first come in to AA, I was, you know, obviously, you know, I used to constantly, like, it used to constantly be proven to me that my, my perception my perception or my 
my, my perception of reality was wrong. Or what I used to think, oh, you know, I'll give an example, sort of thing. Like, I'd, I'd convince myself that my daughter or something was, was angry with me about something. Like, you know, and I, I'd feel really bad about it. I thought, I'd better be nice, you know. She's really, she's really cross with me now about this, and, you know, and, and all this. And I'd be thinking, that, you know, what I better do to make things right and all this kind of carry on, right? And then it would be shown to me that she didn't give a shit at all. You know what I mean? That didn't give a shit. Couldn't, couldn't, you know, whatsoever. Didn't, didn't care at all, right? And that, those sort of that, that, those sort of examples, time and again, right? And um, I was sitting at an AA meeting, and someone shared an AA meeting, and they said, "They said something like, the trouble with me is someone else sharing, like which I overheard at an AA meeting.'" And he said, "Someone along the lines of the trouble with me is." One half of my head lies to me and the other half believes it, right? And I thought, you know, I, I get that. I get that. I get, you know, I get that. But, you know, my head will say she's pissed off with me and it's not true. And then it'll take me from a whole fucking torture chamber of its own sort of, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, I'll, I would buy into this bullshit, you know? And, but then what, so then I... And the reason I'm mentioning that, the reason I'm mentioning that that anecdote is because when you were talking tonight, you know, actually it, it came to me that, you know, who's lying to me? It's the parasite. That's, that's it. The parasite. And that, and, and that really, you know, people say this is a really pernicious Ill, illness. And that's how pernicious, the actual, is using your own voice to lie to you. And, yes. I, and, and that's what you were saying. And I really get that now. Because, you know, if you hear a voice in your head, of course, it's Paul's voice, isn't it? That's me. That's me talking. Do you know what I mean? So you're going to buy into it, aren't you? You're going to believe it because it's your own voice. Like you say, if, if I tell you a load of pack of rubbish, you're going to question it. But if you hear it in your own head, you, we're, we're, we're almost like programmed as humans to believe what's in our own head, aren't we? Yes. And that's, yes. And that's, and, and that's it. That is, and I get that, man. And that, that's, you know... You know the Paris, the pa it, it, the identification with the pa with that voice in the head. Yeah, that's what we we're talking about, isn't it? The identification with believing in the parasite, believing the parasite is us. Is that the exact yeah. nature? Exactly. The exact nature of the wrong is that we're believing that the parasite and that voice, the parasite is using our voice to lie to us, and we're believing it, believing it's us. Yes. And that's the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, because you're not going to get out of every thought, but you can see that you were never in the owner of the thoughts. Yeah? It doesn't take much investigation. Just what does it imply that a thought that just ruined Dave's day, held as Dave's, if it appeared as Dave's in my head, it wouldn't ruin my day? But if it appeared as Paul's, it could ruin my day. I mean, what does that imply? It implies something. Just follow the trail. Yeah, it leads to what's going on. So there's, uh, and the idea is most of us are just reacting to the way we think other people are thinking of us, really. <laughs> it's pure projection, right? So we're sitting there. I'm trying to, I'm capturing the way Amelia's thinking of me, but they're just my thoughts about what Amelia's thinking. <laughs> so I'm projecting tons of shit on people that have nothing to do with the shit I projected them on. 
Yeah, and then I'm thinking it's them. Uh, they think they're looking at me like I would look at them. So I'm very suspicious <laughs> when they have no they have no uh, suspicious trait whatsoever in them. Yeah, but of course I'm projecting without knowing it. This is the dilemma. Just like that statement on page 53 in the, We Agnostics, it starts just like a lot of the the requirements for the steps is being convinced. A lot of the requirements for the the life of the parasite is without knowing it. <laughs> That's the requirement. Without knowing it, a lot of shit happens. Yeah? What would happen if you just change the beginning? I'll read that sentence again, because it's about faith. The power of faith. Not of faith, but faith. So it goes on bottom of page 53. It goes, without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith, yeah? So without knowing it. Then you go to page 64, being convinced. Being convinced is what happens. Hey, honey. (laughs) It's a deaf lady comes to the house. (laughs) Being convinced, right? And then there's the possibility. Without knowing it, then the parasite's possibility. Yeah? The whole program recovery is based on being convinced. The whole program of the parasite is based on without knowing it. So the host, without knowing it, is being moved and used for transportation by the parasite. Yeah? The host, without knowing it, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then the host wakes, seemingly owns the consequences and doesn't know how the fuck did I end up here? Yeah? Without knowing it, something was driving you to that destination. It was telling you you were going to go to Hawaii and you ended up in jail. Yeah? yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah. Without knowing it. So this is the knowledge. Self-knowledge avails us nothing, but knowledge of self has value. Knowledge of self has value because hopefully you'll see finally the activity that implies what you're not. Yeah? And then you'll stop falling for the fucking bait. Yeah? And then you'll find out what you are. And you are a spiritual condition. You are. You'll find it out. It'll be so obvious, there won't be any argument. It won't be a big giant leap of faith. You'll realize that everything I called me is temporary, reinforced, comes and goes, gets bigger, gets smaller. There's no reliability whatsoever. I don't look like I did when I was a kid. I'm not, I don't even look like what I did 20 years ago. Yeah, everything has changed, but the fucking story stays the same. Yeah, it's all baloney. But what you are, that which is seeing out of all of us and hearing and feeling and tasting and touching hasn't changed since we were born. It's the basis of our life. So if you want to see what's more real than anything here, it ain't you. The idea of you, when we were babies, that idea wasn't even there yet. We were living without an identity. We were, till at least 18 months, yeah? And then we got uh, programmed and developed into it like everyone else, yeah? So this self is something that we grew into. We can grow out of it, yeah? but we can't grow out of it as it. Self can't get out of self. Self can't outgrow self. 
Yeah? So you see it as something other than you, and then the growth begins. Yes? Yes. That's been my experience and my observation. Finally, I saw what I wasn't. Yeah? And I stopped, uh, you know. I mean, the greatness of life is in the smaller things, really. For you to be available at, in each and every moment to what's happening is an incredible fucking gift. Yeah? Where you're not out to lunch every fucking half hour based on, you know, thinking about what's not happening. You're here, yeah? And there's thinking about what's not happening. You're here. The thinking about what's not happening doesn't, doesn't uh, change that. That's the beauty of it. None of the mental machinations change anything. You are what you are. You're not becoming it. You didn't unbecome it. You're not getting close to it. You were never far away from it. You are that. It's just that we don't believe it. We don't think so. Because we're thinking as the fucking parasite. Yeah. And what we are doesn't think. What we are is before thought. Yeah. What we are is completely reliable because it doesn't come and go. It doesn't play favorites. It doesn't test us. It doesn't have an obstacle course we have to run. It doesn't keep changing the bars that we have to get under. It doesn't do that. It's not like the Old Testament God that was an invective, you know, fucking vindictive, jealous motherfucker. It's something other than that, yeah? This isn't about sacrifice, man. This is about acceptance and receiving, yeah? The, as big as you can open up, as much as will come in. If you want to play it small, that's the serving that will show up. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. It's great to see you there. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you very much, Dave. Wow. Uh, Jack G, over to you, mate. Hi, uh, I'm Jack. Uh, hi, Paul. It's nice to uh, see you and uh, have a chance to um, talk for a minute. <clears throat> um, I just found this uh, your your Zoom meeting uh, two days ago uh, from a friend of mine. <clears throat> you can probably tell where I'm from from the accent, um, <clears throat> but uh, I just wanted to uh, introduce myself and uh, I, I I had a couple comments and then one question. Um, I listened to a talk you did the other day, and it went into that whole parasite thing and. Uh, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I've really been looking for a good fusion of Buddhism and, and recovery. And I, I think I might have stumbled across it here. Um, what I've found is when, <clears throat> when uh, someone uh, shares their experience, does a teaching, uh, and the teaching uh, lands, there are no questions. And uh, that's how I felt after I saw the recorded meeting the other day. Um, I really don't have a question about what that meeting was on because it, it landed. And um, <clears throat> anyway, um, the fusion of, of, and what I believe you're coming from a Buddhist angle of no self and uh, emptiness, 
um, and the, the fusion with the 12 steps of AA, um, I myself have found a lot of uh, uh, correlating <clears throat> uh, things. So the big book says our biggest problem is self. And uh, then Buddhism turns around and says, there is no self. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. And, and that's, that's uh, I think, what you were trying to express in the teaching the other day. At least that's what I heard. And um, <clears throat> I, uh, I really appreciate that. But if, if you wanted to talk a little bit more about the no self or the, uh, um, uh, what, what the parasite is, uh, that would be great. And uh, thank you very much. All right. Yes, you're welcome, Jack. Welcome, too. Uh, well, that's more for the Wednesday-Saturday meetings, but it's fine here, too. So the idea of self in recovery The idea of self, period, is really the feeling or the sense of being the doer of every and all actions that come through the action figure, being the thinker of all the thoughts that appear to the action figure, being the feeler of everything that's ever been felt through the action figure, being the smeller of every smell that was ever picked up. Yeah, the being the t- the toucher of everything that's ever been sensed by feeling, by, you know, the grain of the wood and stuff like that. That sense of ownership, of being the one that has all the experiences that this life has offered over these years. This idea of being the owner, the proprietor, that's the sense of self. That sense of self is manufactured. We don't start there, and we probably won't end there, really, at the moment of death. But it's an activity, a strong one, in the mental state. And its activity is to imply and infer and reinforce and historically assume that we have been the thinker, we have been the doer, we have been the feeler, and it can basically weather any kind of investigation. And in my own experience, being under the influence of drugs and alcohol, it really just broke through that whole facade of me being the doer. Because when I got loaded, as I progressed, or the disease progressed in me, when I got loaded, I was apt to do almost anything to anybody or go anywhere, yeah? And some of the shit I did, I've never done since I've been sober, yeah? And some of the shit I did, I truly don't get the sense that I was a doer of it, to tell you the truth. I believe I was taken over, and that which took me over was doing through me, and I was still being, a, being identified as the self Whatever comes through must have come from me, yeah? Yet that was broken by my own observation of an of a active addict's life. It was fucking obvious that what, all the shit that was coming through me wasn't 
coming from me. <laughs> it just wasn't, yeah? And so the whole basis of self isn't just the imaging of being a body, but it's, the, it's that sense of being the doer of all doings, the feeler of all feelings. And I'll tell you, that's just been, that whole story doesn't hold water anymore, yeah? And that was one of the first great reliefs I got from recovery is when I saw, I got, I got sort of a surprised attack by an amend. I was sitting in a room trying to impress a new girlfriend with a couple other people in AA, and my friend's neighbor came in, and uh, she walked up and she said, she introduced, and she says, hey, Paul, do you, uh, do you remember me? And I say, no. And she says, you owe me $500. So she was a lady who had moved into an apartment I had had in Santa Cruz, California. And I said she had to give a deposit to the landlord, but I was playing the landlord and I took the $500 and spent it. <laughs> and she had gained weight over the time, so I didn't recognize her. So she caught me and just basically pulled my spiritual pants down and I owe her 500 bucks. So what happened is I didn't have any fearful or shameful reaction. I knew that I would have done to her to anyone else unless you could physically stop me out there, really. And so there was relief already from the sense of being the doer. Not relief of the relief of avoiding amends, but actually I was willing and happy to make amends because I was accountable, but I wasn't responsible, yeah? If I, when I was taking myself to be responsible, the strategy from there was to avoid it at all fucking costs. I never want to see that person again, da, da, da. But now that I saw that I wasn't responsible, yet in this world I'm accountable, I was happy to fucking give her $500 in piecemeal. And every check I sent her, I sent her a little note, you're only seeing this because I'm in the program of recovery. And basically that was the case. If I would have saw her while I was still using, I would have said, oh yeah, I'll get you to 500 and then, and then avoid her for another 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole idea of self as is represented by my in the English language. So... Uh, and I saw the difference between a resentment and my resentment, and a fear and my fear, and a thought and my thought, and a feeling and my feeling, and an action and my action. And I really saw the heaviness of my, yeah? I saw it. And it, to me, it was a slavery, because there's going to be actions, and there's going to be thoughts, and there's going to be feelings. And there's going to be a lot of shit in this life. There's going to be circumstances. But the weight that's added to them all by my circumstances, my problem, my money, my health, my, 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 that weight becomes somewhat unbearable and it drives me to try to get fucking relief. And in the past, it drove me to drinking and using. That's what it did. The bondage of self was way before I ever drank way before. The drinking was a solution to the bondage of self. And that bondage of self is my, 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 my. <coughs> Maybe if you could just see 
that my is an add-on, that then maybe you could deal with problems where you'll avoid your problems. Maybe you'll be able to deal with circumstances where, where you're going to avoid your circumstances. Yeah? Maybe you'll find you can live life successfully when it's not your life. Yeah? That's what's happened with me. So the idea of self to me is a mental idea. It's a constricting system that, that ignores tons of possibilities. Yeah? And the point of being okay is pointless. It's the hope I will be okay. So all the, all the conditions I'd like to be entertaining now are promised in the future if I only do certain things or do that or da da da. And it's a form of slavery. Yeah. So yes. And in Buddhism, it's non-self. It doesn't mean there's not self. It just means there's no inherent, long-lasting, independent thing, in a way. Yeah? And that's the whole... It doesn't say the bondage of alcohol or the bondage of drugs. It says the bondage of self. That's the dilemma. And so I believe the dilemma, its activity, its exact nature is an act of being identified as something that you're not. You are what you're looking for. You're taking yourself to be something else, yeah? That's now determining how everything is seen. And it's a false reference, and therefore false evidence appears real to it constantly. So, yeah. Just sit, if, any, if you want to do anything a little bit today, sit down and just really see, are you the doer? Look at some, a past behavior that was exhibited while you were under the influence and tell me that you were the doer of that, yeah? So if the story is everything that ever has happened through you, you did, then if you see one or two examples that it wasn't you that did it, it blows the whole fucking story. Yeah? Look at like if you get sick, a virus takes you over, like the flu. You behave completely different. Your attitude and outlook is usually bleaker. Yeah? You feel like shit. You start thinking people are going to leave you because you're no good or whatever. Con your whole you changes just by a, an activation of a virus. Can you imagine the parasite of alcoholism isn't changing you all day? We're like having, we've, we're, we've like, we've adapted to being, of having a virus for 20 years. It's not like a 10-day flu. We've been infected with alcoholism for 20 years. We, keeps, we, keep, we can't recognize it as a foreign fucking thing. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're going to end soon, eh? That's it. Yeah, we're done. All right. So you want to say your goodbyes? It's such a pleasure. You don't understand how... Uh, yeah. We're not trying to, you know, 
there's no replacing the program. I'm not, I, I've met a lot of Buddhists who try to replace AA with Buddhism and they're drunk Buddhists, yeah? AA is a perfect program for the action figure called Paul. Perfect. It's given everything that Paul seems to have. It gave it a way of life. It allowed it to, to do what was necessary, be of service and shit like that, to stay healthy and have a sense of well-being. It's done all of that and it continues to do that. But we are the light, yeah? We are the light. We can bring more light to illuminate the path of AA. And I think where there's light needed isn't at the exact nature of the wrong. I do. Yeah. I think a lot of times we think we know self from Paul and Paul is an attribute of self. It's not Paul trying to get out of self. That's, that was the narrative I was living under. It was self trying to get out of self. That's why nothing fucking worked. Yeah, Paul was a mistaken identity. It was self in disguise. It was sort of like the lion in sheep's clothing. Yes, I didn't realize it. So when he says a lion can get out of a lion, I go, oh, that's obvious. But I'm trying to get out of a lion as a sheep. Yeah, so I think I can get out of the lion. But I'm the lion the whole time. I'm wearing a, a, a fucking outfit. Yeah. So self, Paul can't get out of self. Why? Because self can't get out of self. Therefore, Paul is identified or in the act of being identified as self. End of the equation. Yeah. There's the equation. Most of the communities agree. Self can't get out of self. All right. Right next to it. Self can't get out of self. Paul constantly trying to get out of self. Fails. Henceforth equals self can't get out of self. <laughs> Suddenly there's a realization, I'm not Paul. Yeah, hallelujah. Now you realize, yeah, self can't get out of self. And thank God I'm never in self in a weird way. Yeah, so maybe my solution is before bondage. Yeah, maybe... The solution is inherently available at all times with no requirement necessary to, to meet it. Just maybe, maybe it's not going to take any effort or thought to arrive at where you already are. We're just believing we're somewhere else. So if we stop believing we're someone else, what's going to happen? Are you going to find that you're somewhere else? No, you're going to find you're right here. You're on the money, yes. Yeah. All right, that's it. Thank you. Brilliant. Dimitri, everybody, Kaiser, G, everyone, I'm so happy to have this opportunity to meet everyone. Michael, very nice to see you. Topher, so we got uh, Sylvester Frazier. Nice to see you, Sylvester. We got Dimitri over there. Therese, yes, and Brett, Maggie. Let me say hello to the people here. A lot of people in an anonymity, that's good. We got Daz, Gary, Annie, Haskins, Jack is on the road to destiny, Donis, Kate, nice to see you, Kate. Haskins, yes. Uh, where are they are? Uh, Jim and Trish, nice to see you. We got Mike, we got Rob, 
Elena, Elena, you're up. That's very nice to see you, honey. Graham, <laughs> Paul, Kerry, Mickey, James, thank you. This, thanking, uh, just thanks for being here and allowing me to have a platform to express the spirit. All right. See you, Mike. Talk to me, eh? See you, guys. See you, Rob. Bye-bye. Yes, Paul. See you, mate. Thank you very much, everyone. So um, we're going to have a little bit. We'll leave the room open for about 10 minutes or so. I'm going to mute everyone. Um, but I've got to get off. Um, so I think, Daz, we're all going to get off. But you guys certainly can talk amongst yourselves while and discuss what's been said tonight. Um, and I will see you all later. So you're all unmuted. All righty. Bye, Dave. See you later, Mike. Thank you, David. Daz, are you going to put the host to uh, Mike? Dazzo, with the haircut. Has everyone seen Daz's haircut, by the way? His haircut, yeah. Bald, yeah. yeah, done. Show us. Show us your head. Wow. Fog's back. Hey, <laughs> Winston. Yeah, I'm the daddy. <laughs> All right. Well, you, do you want to make Mike the host, Dad? Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, we're going to head off to the 8 o'clock meeting, aren't we? So. Yeah. All right, yeah. Mike. Good to see you, mate. Will you send me that clip? I've sent you a request for yeah. the Dave L clip, if that's okay, mate. That was awesome. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank see you, you Elena. Later. Yeah. See you later, Dennis. See you, Paul. See you, G. See you later, See you. See you, Kaiser. Take it easy, dude. Say, Mike. Yes. Uh, I just got an idea that might work for Paul. How about Zen bitch slap masks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Branded. Yeah. That would be cool. I'd wear that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the new advertising, huh? Yeah. Marketing. Yeah, I wonder how long they'll be around. Marketing itself. Well, I've got to run. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dennis. Bye. Have you seen your mom yet, Kaiser? Oops, you're driving. Never mind. <laughs> you, he's he's muted. He's need unmute unmute can see. Yeah, he's driving too. So. So it's hot over there, huh, Elena? Sorry? It's hot there today? Yeah. Yeah, I need to go. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. God bless everybody. Okay, guys? See you on Saturday. Okay, bye, Elena. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye, Kaiser. Have a good visit with your mom. <laughs>